It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. I just got off the phone with the ATO and my bank and the department of whatever to figure out what's going on. I got to my office with the intent of packing up and closing down to find a notice on the door telling me I was not allowed entrance by court order and I had to contact this number if I wanted more information. Exit plan is being audited and the office has been closed and padlocked. I can't get any more information than that. My bank has confirmed that all my accounts are frozen, and they gave me a number for the federal police if I need more details. What the hell has happened? Seems bureaucracy is a tool of the devil in a very literal way. This is not the sort of revenge I thought my guardian would do. I called Tony. Here, I recorded it, of course. Hello, Tony speaking. Hey, I've got some uh, bad news, I guess. Is it the audit? I've got my accountant going over it. No worries. No worries? They shut down all our accounts and the federal police want to talk with me. That's crap. Are our bank accounts still working? Sure. How do you think I bought these burgers? Other than the audit, all's okay with our account. Oh, that's good. Seems I'm the one stuck with a smelly hand. Sweetie, are you okay? We can sling you some bucks if you need. No, no, that's very generous of you and thank you. That's not why I called. I've got some extra put aside. I'm cool. What about exit plan? Yeah, it's shut down. There's literally a padlock on the office door and a notice telling me to keep out. That little adventure is over for now. I think I've stirred up a hornet's nest. You guys, enjoy your walkabout. I'll, I'll somehow deal with this mess. Don't go agreeing to a death match this time. Do you have anyone there to help you? Mary? Beatrice? Huh. That's half my trouble right there. Mary? Well... Mary doesn't work for Exit Plan anymore. Beatrice? Yeah, I caught up with her again, but she ran off to who knows where. I've been trying to get in touch with Sasha, but she's not answering my calls. Who on earth is Sasha? Is she a werewolf or something? You joke, of course. But she's up to her neck in this too. I helped her track down some native Australian murder beast, and she helped me defeat a demon. You've got quite a taste for women, don't you? Why won't she answer your calls? I don't know. I hope it's because she's busy, but I wouldn't be so sure. I'm pretty sure we're getting close, but then... B came back on the scene and there was definite friction between the two. Hmm. It's probably best to keep them apart, then. You know, there's something very wrong with Beatrice, don't you? You can't trust her, and I know you like her. She doesn't need a knight in shining armor. She needs an exorcist. She isn't all bad. I think she's complicated rather than evil. That's what I'm saying, darling. Complicated people are dangerous. (sighs) Well, no worries. I've no idea where she's gone. One moment she was crashing on the couch, and the next... She wasn't. Are you recording this? Of course. Make sure to get your guy to drop my voice a semitone or two. I sounded distinctly shrill on your earlier recordings. 
No worries. I'll talk later. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Oh, I don't want to be me. I'm in an Airbnb now. It's cheaper than a hotel, and I can pay in cash without using my real name. Still can't raise Sasha. I tried hanging around the rock room to wait for her, but she never showed, and the girl at the counter said she had called in to cancel her shifts that week. What have I got her into? And what is happening to Australia right now? I've been sitting here with nothing better to do than brood and watch the news. There's a bunch of knuckle-draggers draping Australian flags around them like capes, marching in protest over foreign ownership of Australian resources. An Indonesian billionaire is trying to buy up a mine here in WA, and all manner of crazy claims are being made about Australia being sold off bit by bit. Then there was a biffo at the ravo between a bikey gang, unnamed, and a group of dodgy-looking Indonesian labourers. I'm not the only one getting in trouble, it seems. Um... No, the mine site is not Imperial Iron before you go trying to make connections. Connections. How do I find an Australian vampire? So, this is what I'm reduced to. Trying to connect with Beatrice by hanging around the Maria Antony on a Thursday Arvo. What am I even hoping for? I'm dangling in the wind is the trouble. I mean, what's my goal? Why wait for B here? Who am I kidding? I'm hanging around because once the human male passes through his teen years, his brain has been forever changed by the ravages of hormones. Beatrice is beautiful and strong, yet somehow frail. I want to root her and protect her. I need help, that's for sure. I doubt I could help you. Oh crap! Uh, where'd you come from? I need your books. Don't tell me they were destroyed. There's something protecting them. I've caught a glimpse of them before, but I don't know who or what they are. I'm in no position to talk about books. In fact, I'm here hoping to ask you for help. You can't trust me. I could offer to help you, but how would you know if I wasn't just doing it to find out where you are keeping the books? Jesus, can't you drop the bad girl act for a while? We're on the same side. My guardian has started applying the screws. I can't even go home or to the office. So you've got it easy then? Have you literally had the screws applied? No. Well, start complaining when you have. I want, I need those books. At least one of them has something of great value in it. This isn't a pissing contest. It isn't valid to compare one person's trouble with another. Philosophy isn't in the books. Do you know what will happen if I don't figure this out? You'll have more to worry about than whether I compare my suffering with yours. Okay, cool it. I'm not even admitting to anything. I remember some of what is in the books, and I know there's nothing about demons in them. At least, nothing more than a passing reference. Do you want to kiss me? Hold me? What? Is that why you're always looking for me? That's not right. Sasha won't hang around anymore, and Heidi has left the country. I'm the only option you have left. I... You are cunning, aren't you? You're dead. You're not going to alter my position or cloud my judgement by taunting me. I'm not taunting you. I'm making you an offer. No, you're not. You're rummaging through your toolbox, looking for the right type and size of wrench to undo me. Sasha was talking with someone. Who? 
They were heavily dressed, covered head to toe in a hoodie, gloves, scarf, big glasses, and boots. The whole kit and caboodle. What? You know who they are, don't you? No. Um, why were you watching Sasha? What have you done with her? I haven't had anything to do with her. She's keeping clear of you, that's all. Are you going to help me or just tease me? Are you going to give me the books? No. Then, bye. Ah, what the hell, B? I've listened back to that journal over and over. I believe B has nothing to do with Sasha avoiding me. For a while there, after the hospital, she seemed to be, I don't know, trying to make up, be my friend or something. But today, ah, she was all crazy. She looked odd too. Her hair is usually so perfectly straight and smooth, but at the table there was flyaway bits and the edges were looking a bit ragged. She was on edge in some way. I don't get it. I think I should, but I just don't. I would help her if she would just not, I don't know, not not look like she would as easily drink my blood as say thank you. Sasha. She's been hard to find. No, impossible to find. But B has been following her, or at least found her once and saw that guy, that mysterious Maroi hunter. The one who shot the vampire with a spear gun and dragged it into the light of the setting sun all those months ago. Well, I haven't seen him since. I'm sure it's a man, or I was because of the way he moved. Why is he so wrapped up? I thought at the time it was a protection from the Maroi, but he's still dressed like that. I have to find Sasha or this mystery, for the time being, I'll call it a man. I'm always the last one to know all these things. I'm going to summon and bind an elemental. An air elemental. It's going to be small, just as small as I can do. Why, I hear you ask? Why, when Mary warned me about how dangerous it was, and why, when I also initially assessed the binding as too risky? Because I'm running out of options. Can't talk with anyone, and I can't hand over any of this knowledge without knowing more about it. So, how am I going to limit this elemental? Well, I'm glad you asked. To summon and then bind an elemental, you need a source. So, for an air elemental, I need moving air. If I used a cyclone, I'd get a god-awful powerful beast of one. But, if I use a tiny novelty electric fan I bought from Red Dot, well, I suspect that will be quite a bit more manageable. I don't entirely know what a bound elemental is good for. I think I can use its power. So, if I bind my little novelty fan in a ring, I should be able to summon that power to do my bidding, you know, cool me down a little on a hot day or blow out a birthday candle. I've chosen an air elemental because I can get a small one and also don't think it would be too dangerous if it broke my binding and ran amok. Even a little candle flame would set this house on fire if it had a mind to. I've got all the ingredients, charcoal, clay, water and my breath and of course the little fan. As luck would have it, most of my ingredients are in the one item, charcoal-based whitening toothpaste. It's made of activated carbon, bentonite clay and water. 
I'll use it like paint to draw these inscriptions in a circle around the fan and then use my breath to chant these words. I'm not going to record the chant because, you know, that might be a bit dangerous. So it's easy, right? I'm... I'm not sure. Uh, stuff it. Death or glory. That's all that made it up to the cloud before I screwed up. I don't know what happened or what I failed to do right, but I have a splitting headache. And I woke up lying against the wall. I'm very glad I didn't use a flame. I'm not doing that again until I get some guidance. That means plan B. Take a bus out of Dodge. I've booked a bus to Parabadoo. It's not a flight, because they ask for names. A bus, I can use cash, and I don't need ID. Don't exactly know what to do once I get there, but I figure I'll come up with something when I do. Well, the next time you hear me, I'll be getting on that bus. Out. And this is the first chance I've had to organise my journals in a while. So much has happened so fast. I'm still having trouble processing it all. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Before all is said and done, I know jack all about anything. The world's just flipped on me again, and now I find myself caught up in something big. Bigger than just a one-on-one -on -one confrontation with a Rakshasa. Bigger than an odd encounter here and there with a monster from a fairy tale. This is entering into the realm of you know, real heroes and villains. Certainly not end-of-the-world type scenario, but very big and very serious. I'm not really sure how far things could go, but I do know I'm in the middle, and the only way out is through. Here's the entry from when I tried to catch that bus out of town. I'm just going to number it and file it. I don't want to listen through it again. You'll see why. Okay, so my travel plans are pretty simple. This bus will take me north to a town just outside Perth in the hills. From there, I wait around for a coach that heads northeast. Somewhere along that route, I get off before Parabadoo. I'll hit up a camping site and outdoor shop for swag and head into the bush for a bit. I'm not sure what I'll do then or how long I'll stay out there, but those questions are future me to worry about. Present me is just feeling a little hunted and trapped. I think. I think I need the space to regroup and turn things around, at least in my head. It looks like there's a school excursion going on. Or is that an international school on an Australian tour? Holy hell! Oh crap, the kids! Shit, shit! You move? Here. Over here. Looks like I missed you. I'll see you and Beatrice in hell soon enough. Run! You can't be here! Run! What the...? We have to help! No time for that! I think those guys want to chat with you! Who are they? Does it matter? They don't have their guns out because they want to chat! Ah, oh, crap! We need to get that driver! Magardiel, you mean? Which... which way did he go? There! 
trying to get across the road there. Suffice to say, we didn't catch the driver. He threw himself under a truck. I'm doing mindful exercises and doing everything I can to reframe my memory so they don't haunt the crap out of me. But as the song goes, it's a long, hard road out of hell. I still don't know who the guys with the guns were. They look like they must be government agents of some kind. Maybe plainclothes federal police or something. Also, don't know if they were specifically chasing me, if they had followed B, or if they're hunting the driver. Well, it doesn't matter too much. If they caught me, assuming they didn't shoot me, I'd be locked away while there was an investigation. Given I was already someone they wanted to talk to, I don't know how long I'd be held for. My guardian tried to ram me with that bus, but I don't think I was her true target. I think, I think it was the kids. Demons are like that, I guess. Oh, here. This is after B and I stopped running for a bit. Where did you come from? I've been following you. You're in danger, and if you get taken, I'll have no way to learn what is in those books. Is that all you care about? That binding magic will kill you, and probably many others too. Yes, that's all I care about, and I've done bindings before. I know what dangers there are, but I can't be free of Magadia without taking some risks. Who were the men? I don't know. Authorities of some kind. Police, military, SEO, who knows. They were moving in on you, and I think they believe that you're in league with Magadia. The government knows about demons? No. The government knows about terrorists and is at least partly controlled by Magadiel. But Magadiel doesn't need to be known by or control the government to achieve her ends. You said that before, that she wants to breed or reproduce. What does that mean for a demon? I only have speculation, but I think that demons are born, as Buddha would tell us, from within the hearts and minds of humans. Terror and evil is the spawning ground of demons. School kids. They were Indonesian, weren't they? Mahagadil is causing unrest between Australia and Indonesia. Oh, humans are perfectly able to do that on their own. But yes, I think Mahagadil is engineering events to heighten existing xenophobia and distrust. The books aren't all I care about. What? I... I can't let Magadio give birth. I have to go. Hold on. Wait. Look, if you won't tell me where the books are, I'll have to keep searching for what I need elsewhere. No, I mean, there's a couple of those cops or whatever. We have to go this way. Run for it. Come with me, if you want to live. Terminator? Really? Sorry. It wasn't planned, but after I said come with me, I had to finish the line. What are you two talking about?
You can rest assured, our PM is not possessed by a demon. I know, I had my doubts too, but evidently there are limits to what a demon can do, and how many they can possess. Each additional person spreads the demon thinner, meaning each possession is less sophisticated and with less control. Sasha just appeared out of nowhere and picked us up. I learned later that it really wasn't such a coincidence, and that we had allies in all sorts of strange places. She took us to a warehouse out near Midland, toward the airport. It was disused as there was a bunch of redevelopment going on around it. I say disused, but there were pallets of cement and piles of rebar and sand in there. It was not being used as a commercial warehouse, just as a store for the development project going on next door. The effect was the same though. There was no one out there, no deliveries being made, and no pickups. Sasha was quiet the whole drive. I asked her a couple of questions, but didn't get any answers, and B just stayed silent. I think she was having a hard time of it. She'd been quite odd since the hospital where Heidi was being kept. I don't think she's used to working with other people in any genuine way. She seems... conflicted. But we got to the warehouse. I've been trying to get in touch with you. I had no idea what happened to you. You just disappeared and wouldn't answer your phone. I couldn't. I was told not to. Look, before we go on, there's something you have to see to give you some understanding of what's going on. That's Jakarta, right? And? Is that real? BBC World News seems to think so. Uh, who did it? Who... Are they trying to make it fall or something? Magardiel. She's stepping things up. She's going into labour for want of a better term. There's more. There was retaliation later that day at the airport. A pair of gunmen opened up on a security checkpoint at the Jakarta International Airport. Most of the victims were Australians returning from business trips and holidays. Crap on a stick. That bus driver crashed into Indonesian school kids. What the hell have we gotten into? You're almost certainly a wanted man. Nothing's turned up on the news or anything, but when I picked you up, you were definitely being chased. Oh, this is just great. I think I liked it more when it was Rakshasa trying to kill me. This... this is going to hell in a handbasket. Sasha, what are you doing? Uh, why are you here? Why'd you pick us up? That's a little strange. Hard to explain in a reasonable way. Well, let me help you out. I'm not a stranger to a little strange. I'm 170 years old. I've seen more of this world and some of the other worlds than you'd care to think about. So tell me, I doubt I'll be surprised or confused. You're... how old? Okay, well, I've been avoiding you. That part I'm familiar with. Would it have killed you to send me a text? No, but it might have killed you. I was... taken by a... I don't know. It wasn't human, though it largely looked like one. She warned me not to have contact with you or to see you. Taken? What did it look like? This woman thing? That's hardly important. I got away from her, it, and found you. You need my help. I want your help. Ha! <laughs> what help could she give? 
She's a terrible liar, and she's obviously not telling us everything or anything at all. You should come away from her. We'll make it without her help. Oh, pull a stick out of your butt, Beatrice. We need to collect the books, pick up all your other stuff, and hit the hills. It isn't going to be safe around here anymore. You see, that's what she wants. She just wants your books. You can't trust her. I may need to remind you, B, that you're the one I can't trust. You've kind of got a habit of betraying people, and you as much admitted you care only to get the power in the books. That's not true. I didn't really betray you. I... This isn't about me. B does have a point, Sasha. As much as I trust you, you're sounding a bit sketchy. How about I take the car and go back to where I'm staying and come back with the books and we talk then? That'll work. What if he just runs off? Ah, be on your way then. This is a trap of some kind. You must see that. Be ready. I was born ready. Really? Hey, you got the come with me if you want to live. Just give me this one. That warehouse scene was oddly tense. I think Sasha and B don't get along. Ah, scratch that. I know they don't get along. B is trapped by her own past and is struggling to break free from some powerful mental bonds she's wrapped herself in. She really is 175 years old and is consorted with demons and magic. I can can only imagine the sorts of scars that crisscross her soul. That's all the journals I have prepared just now. We don't have much power out here, and we don't like to have lights on after dark anyway, as they draw attention. Out. The drive back to the Airbnb where I was holding out took a lot longer than it needed to. I took a circuitous route, taking sudden right turns across traffic and looping through quiet suburb streets. I've no idea if I was followed or not, but I felt I should try to make sure no one and no thing knew where I was staying. I didn't want to bring attention to my hosts. They didn't deserve that. When I finally pulled in the side street and got out, I was certain I hadn't been seen. Just to be sure, I stood in the shadow of a tree and watched the street for any cars, and I even scanned the sky for drones. It seems far-fetched, but I was still feeling sick to the stomach from the bus incident and the chase earlier in the day. Now I've had a chance to consider things with a little perspective, I realise that this isn't like the movies or TV shows. The wheels of justice move slowly, and the resources available to the police are limited. There wouldn't have been a dragnet closing in on me. They'd just wait until I was easier to find and catch. Still, I took the precautions and went into the granny flat I was renting. I pulled my armour on, Grabbed my knife, knuckle dusters, taser, pepper spray, and baton. I wasn't going to go down easily if it came to it. I mean, I would have just surrendered to the police. I'm not a maniac. And I have no reason to wish harm on the cops for doing their job. I mean, if a crazed demon or vampire thrall or something similar came at me, it wouldn't have an easy time of it. Turned out, I was right to take precaution. Uh-huh. 
Oh, that's better. Look, something is going on with Sasha. I, I know she'll be working hard to help me out, even if she is being forced somehow to betray me. But I don't know what could be happening. I mean, why the warehouse? I don't believe she just drove around and found it. Someone told her where to go. This mystery person she was talking to, perhaps. Uh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I've got everything. And, uh, uh, uh. Whew, they're heavy. I got the books. Uh, I'm off. Just checking no one is watching. I don't like this paranoia stuff. Makes for thrilling viewing on TV, but in reality it's just tiresome. Okay. Would I prefer to be working as a computer programmer in some big office? Nah, not really. much in that one, but it gives you some insight into my thoughts and suspicions. I parked across the road from the warehouse, behind a huge skip bin filled with building rubble, and, and thought about leaving the books there while I went inside, but you know, I thought better of it and brought them with me. There was almost certainly someone waiting inside for me in the books, but if that was true, it was also likely someone would be watching the street and saw where I parked. At least if I had the books with me, I'd get a chance to defend them or see who took them. I'm back. Sasha, where's B? Out the back. Did you get everything? I see the books, obviously, but did you get everything else you need? What's going on, Sasha? I keep waiting for someone to step out with a gun and explain how I've been sold out or something. No one with a gun, at least. B? No, not me. That's Zane. And she doesn't need a gun. Zane? That's a fairy type of thing. Yes, I am. More commonly known to the English as a triad. You must give the books to me. You could just take them. Magadia didn't put any such limits on you. If you don't give me the books, I must kill you. And take them or die trying. Zane can only be killed by iron. Oh, crap. Ah. You have to finish her off, or she'll just come for you again. She's telling the truth. Drive that iron rod into her heart. What? No way. I'm not going to murder a, an elf. Then... I will kill you. Oh, sweet Jesus. What the absolute, B? Sasha, what the hell? Yes, Sasha, what the hell? You knew her, B. You said my guardian didn't put any limits on her. I... it wasn't me. I didn't do this. It was me. What? Why? She needed our help. That's what you do, isn't it? 
couldn't ignore her. Help? I just cracked her skull and stabbed her in the heart. And now, she is free. Look. Someone tell me what just happened. I can't even. Well, Sasha, what just happened? Why did you feel it's necessary to hand us over to Magardiel? That's not what I did. Look, Kilp, that's her name, was a slave to Magardiel. He found her impounded in customs at the dock. Her tree, that is. She's bound to a tree in a symbiotic relationship. Her tree was shipped here without the required documentation, and she was dying along with her tree. Magardiel made a deal with her. Deals with Zane are binding, and they can't break them. As a result, they don't make many, but she had little option, and it didn't seem to be particularly bad what she was being asked to do. In exchange for Magardiel binding her to another tree, in Kings Park as it happens, she would kill or drive off evil creatures that threatened Magardiel. She agreed to it, or die trying until she was no longer of this world. Clever dryad, that one. So she's free now? How does that help her being dead? Zane are of the spirit world, as much as this one. You killed her mortal form, without which she cannot exist outside of her tree. She is no longer of this world. She died trying to kill you, so she fulfilled her bargain, and is now free. That's right. She told me that if she was killed with iron, her spirit would return to her tree. She would retain a physical form in time. She killed the Maroi. Was a vampire thrall at the Imperial Mindside a lure for her, do you think? That's possible. If there is a vampire here in Perth, he would have noticed the Zane activity. And that's that. And we all lived happily ever after in that warehouse as a weird little family reading our books. We actually did spend the night there in the office, out the back. The location was provided by the Zane. She'd been talking with Sasha for a while, setting things up, carefully avoiding me and making sure Sasha did the same. Apparently, the Zane had been ordered to kill me and retrieve the books because the books contained information enough to corrupt me, and thus, neatly, I'd be an evil creature. It was the Zane who returned the books to me the first time. Can you believe that? She hadn't been ordered to retrieve the books at that point, but knew Margadiel wanted them, which meant she didn't want him to have them. So, I got them back. She included the blooming tree emblem on the box, supposedly as some kind of a message to me to seek them out. Little did she know I had no clue who they were. And she was the one to kill a Maroi. I could have sworn it was a man, but... Zane are not actually men or women. They commonly appear as women, or rather what we humans would interpret as women. They don't mate physically and have no use for physical reproductive physiology. Anyway, I'm still in the dark about the vampire thrall we defeated. The best theory we are working off at the moment is the one I put forward in the journal. A vampire... Worried about the Zane's activity, killing Maroi and other things apparently, sent a thrall to cause trouble with the hope of luring whatever was doing the hunting. Instead, he got us. That means the vampire now knows about Exit Plan. Or at least what was once known as Exit Plan. 
there's a little twist to this story that is yet to be told. Uh, so here it is. Since I have no way of knowing where you are, I am posting this entry to your podcast system. I have permission to bring you in and offer you sanctuary. This is not an offer of alliance or anything else, just sanctuary. At least you'll have a safe place to gather your thoughts and prepare for the confrontations to come. It is imperative that Margadiel be defeated. The Order believes this. Or unfortunately, they don't believe that you are necessary for that to happen. Just a helpful tool. I tell you this so you aren't under any misunderstanding about the nature of this relationship. The books being returned were my own decision, so I expect your discretion on that matter. You can find me working at the State Library in Northbridge every Monday and Wednesday afternoon after 3pm. Please visit me there so I can take you to a safe house. Hmm, was she the best person to hire for the job or the worst? Well, with a credit card and a safe house, she seems pretty good now. Is that the difference between staff and talent? The staff would just quit when the demons start hunting you, but talent will offer a safe house. I'm about as funny as a person can get, I know. But, as with all things in this twisted tale, it isn't so smooth as that. There's more to come. I just have to sort through all the recordings I've made and pull the relevant bits. I record just about everything, but only release things that have some relevance. You don't want to just hear me eating breakfast or going to the toilet unless something crazy happens during it. Look, before I end this, you should know that Sasha is not with me. I don't know where she has ended up or what she's doing. I'm still hoping she'll get in touch somehow. I'm still hoping she can. I got the journal from Mary. You heard it just earlier. At the time, I was still with B and Sasha at the warehouse. It was a blessing, really, even though it led to such chaos and terror. We were without direction, and Sasha and B were, were not getting any more friendly toward each other. But it wasn't so cut and dried as perhaps I'm making out. Here, I found the relevant recording. Do you trust this Floralborist? Why do I ask? Of course you do. You don't? What agenda do you think she has if not to defeat my guardian like she says? She may not even be human. For all you know, she's a shapeshifter and then who can guess what her agenda might be? Are these books really that valuable? Yes. And the book of magic you have, your grimoire as you call it, is rare knowledge in the extreme. There aren't magic schools where little boy wizards learn Quidditch, you know. Your basic member of the Order of the Blooming Tree does know much more than the fact that magic is possible. The knowledge in your book must have come from someone very learned and very powerful. There are other non-Catholic orders of truth seekers, and they have their own traditions of magic, but they are even rarer than the Florabrists, and many of those, they don't have any real power at all. I've got a book with recipes in it. Most of them are indecipherable, but a couple I've figured out. 
Ghoul Antidote and True Sight. You have True Sight. I didn't know about this other book. Why didn't you tell me? You never asked. I've got another book that is like a stream of consciousness acid trip. A diary of a paranormal investigator and the collected journals of the hunters, whoever they are. Uh, anyway, the question is, do we trust Mary enough to meet her? The way I see it, we've got three options. One, hand ourselves into the federal police as persons of interest in a terrorist attack. Two, get rid of the credit card Mary gave us and go on the run. Or three, trust Mary enough to meet with her and see what this offer of sanctuary means. You forgot option four. Hand over the books to Magadiel and take our chances. Do you think that's a real option? And what would Magadiel do with magic? Magadiel seeks to create more demons to have children. Demons are created by people. Well, I don't think that's technically true. Demons exist outside of our reality in some form or other, but people, I think, provide the input that gives structure to the demon in some way. Um, to birth children, Magadiel needs people to conjure them into existence. My grimoire deals only with binding existing elemental forces, not demon conjuration. I don't think she means that kind of conjuration. It's more like the phenomena of Tulpa, right? Yes. There is no evil except what we invite into the world. Magadiel may use the binding to cause destruction and chaos at opportune moments in sensitive locations. She doesn't even need to successfully bind an elemental. If she attempted to bind a fire elemental from a raging bushfire and failed, there'll be such a destructive backlash as to make Hiroshima seem insignificant. If she succeeded in the binding, it would be even worse. She'd be able to direct that force when and where she wanted. Oh, I can imagine. I tried to bind an air elemental. I failed, of course, and I was glad I was wearing armour at the time. You tried. Yeah, I set up a small electric fan, the handheld, like, $2 shop novelty type. You were lucky. There is a tremendous power in the spirit realm. Okay, nice discussion. And I think we can cut option four out. I would suggest you really only have two options. Hand yourself into the police, or go to Mary. In the hands of the police, we would inevitably fall into my guardian's hands. She's got all sorts of people possessed. Okay. I suppose beggars can't be choosers, but I don't like that Sasha has railroaded us into this. We should go our separate way sooner rather than later. Sasha can go wherever she goes, and we can go see Mary. I really wasn't sure what to do. I knew we had to take action, and Sasha was right. It was more that I didn't know what going to see Mary meant in terms of my life and what I'd have to do after that. I originally started Exit Plan as a business to make money helping people. I think I imagined growing the company into something big, something great, something I could be proud of, a legacy I could leave the world. But that dream never required such a personal devotion to a single action. It was a job I got paid to do. Sasha said it well at the rock room. You seem to be unsure if you're up to the task Stop thinking it over and start doing it. I didn't get much chance to dither though. Once B had decided that meeting Mary was the right thing, well, she thought it was the superior option, not the right thing as such, and Sasha reluctantly agreed. I was dragged along for the ride, even though I basically agreed with them. I don't think Sasha and B liked that they agreed. 
B still wanted Sasha out of the way, though I don't really know why. We didn't know then, but that last sound you hear in the journal wasn't the noise of local dogs barking at the postman. We left the car in a half-hour parking spot on the street and were walking past the museum. It's undergoing something of an upgrade with scaffold and tarps and piles of neatly stacked bricks and formwork. It's a weekday well after lunch so it's, it's relatively quiet here. The library is just ahead across from the art gallery. I never have gone in the gallery. Probably should. I can't believe you just narrate your life like this. He can if he wants. It's probably for the best. So far it's helped more than hindered. It's a public record. Plus, it's how Mary got in touch, so, yeah, that's good. Okay, I'm just nervous. Something's bugging me and I'm not sure what it is. That feeling of being hunted is just your nerves. I didn't say I felt hunted, but yeah, that's what I feel. We've reached the library doors. I can see... Yeah, I can see Mary inside. Whoa, the foyer is big. It's a huge void overhead. These libraries always seem to have this almost cathedral-like quality to them. I think it must be the hush and the large open spaces. You made it. Yeah, thanks for the help. You must be Beatrice Leachfield. And that's Sasha over there by the display. For the longest time, I've tried to make contact with a member of the Order, and now here you are coming to me. There aren't that many of us, really. And we mostly spend our time in places like this. Our Order is one of study and learning. Holy crap. That's a couple of big-ass dogs. What? Ooh, they aren't right. What are you talking about? Oh, dear, you should run. I am not running from a pair of dogs running loose. (laughs) Behind me. Behind me. Sasha. Get behind me. Now. Oh, my God. Holy Jesus and the Virgin Mother. B, are you okay? This way. Here, in this lane. You go on. Get the car or whatever. I got this dog. That's not just a dog. It's a hellhound. It'll rip you apart. Not that easy. Pink. Mary, move. Screw you, dog. me if you want to live. Ha! Sasha already did that one. But where is Sasha? She wasn't with us? I doubt she's dead. I think there were only two hounds and she was next to the fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher? Yeah, so she's fine. I feel sorry for the third hound though. But I'm sure there wasn't. 
Hey, what is a hellhound? What the hell did you do, B? Ah, it's from Sasha. Uh, she says she's okay. I'll just text her back. A hellhound is, for lack of a better term, a possessed dog. Except it doesn't have to be a dog. It is a possessed animal that, for some reason, ends up taking on the appearance of a large mastiff with red eyes. There were reports of cats being possessed as hellhounds, and they turned from being a two and a half kilo pussy into an 80 kilo hound. Brother Anton Miadici theorized that the animal takes on a form that most closely resembles the intent of the demon in our world. So, in hell, a hellhound looks different? In hell, a demon doesn't need to possess anything, but yes, the demon's intent and will in hell would not take the form of a hellhound. But I'm not sure it is reasonable to talk about what a thing looks like in hell as human physiology almost certainly can't exist in the demon's native land, which is of pure spirit. Ah, and B? How did you make that hellhound explode? B? Are you alright? What? Yes, I'm just tired. I used the last of my bound power to destroy the hound. You've done a binding? A binding, yes. And like always, it came with a price. One I said I wouldn't pay again, but... Mary kept driving through the afternoon and into the evening. I'm not sure exactly where we are, but we are a good few hundred kilometres out of Perth in a... It can't really be called a town. Maybe once it was, but now it's just a service station, cafe and a couple of houses. The place used to be bigger, I think, because we we're in an old church, about a K out. From the outside, it looks abandoned and overgrown in brown weeds, and there's an ancient gum tree standing crooked and bent in the yard. Inside, it's a different story. Far from luxurious or modern, but well tended if a bit dusty. We've got power and water, though neither in great amounts and a small kitchen. I haven't heard from Sasha beyond her original text saying she was okay. Mary left us here and said she'd be back in a couple of days, so I've just been organising my journals. Yes, we have a net connection, slow as a wet week, but it works. B is changing. I mean, literally, her body is changing. Her posture has sagged, her blonde hair has darkened, and her left leg doesn't work right. Her skin has pockmarks now, and her right eye doesn't focus quite properly. She's keeping to herself and refusing to talk about it. I feel pretty much all alone. I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure if I can face off against a demon by myself. We drew up our plans tomorrow and head out. What's changed, I hear you ask? Can't really hear you because this is a recording, of course. But things have changed. B, well, she's different now. Her old confidence has vanished, as has her remarkable beauty. But she retains a strength of will and a drive to see the end of Margadio that is somewhat, uh, in part inspiring and in part frightful. Mary returned. Here is a journal. It may be easy to hear it as it happened.
This old church is actually not a bad place to be. The cool evenings have made sleeping here easy. B is withdrawn. I've tried talking to her. Tried finding out what her transformation means, but she's clearly depressed by the whole thing and not in a very talkative mood. I have a theory about it, though. So, the facts. She's previously stated that she's done a binding. She released some power and exploded a hellhound. I have seen her seem to limp like her right leg wasn't working correctly. It was after she blew up the dog that this transformation occurred. Okay, so I suspect that she had bound something to her. Something that gave her power and the ability to maintain uh, some ideal image of her body. If she is 175 years old, it must also have kept her from aging. And when confronted with the Hound, she released her remaining power to destroy it. It seems an overreaction since we really only needed to delay the Hounds long enough to escape, not make them explode. But I've noticed she gets a bit twitchy in confrontation. If she's been hanging with a demon for a while, I wouldn't be surprised to find it. she had some PTSD or similar. I'm surprised she isn't more messed up. I'm also going to go with a thought that she doesn't want to risk another binding for some reason. B, uh, it's Mary. She's finally come back. Mary, good to see you. What's been going on? Where have you been? Watch news of Magadia. Uh, do the cops want me or, or am I free to go back home? Hold all of your horses one thing at a time. Rather than answering a machine gun spray of questions, how about I just lay out what I know and that should suffice. If it doesn't, then I don't have the answers. Okay, well, that sounds like a plan. So, so Margadiel has really worked a number on Australia and Indonesia, that's for sure. You know about the bomb in the CBD of Jakarta, the airport massacre, the bus attack? Thankfully, nothing more has happened, or at least nothing more that's newsworthy. Both governments have called for calm, but things are strained. There are more people wearing Australian flags on their clothes, and cars are starting to sport those stupid little flags that are always popular amongst the more uh, patriotic and generally less informed. I don't have any way of knowing what the federal police are doing, but the news does say that they are hunting several suspects. And while I couldn't see anyone watching your house, I got the feeling when I drove past that things were a little too quiet. Magadiel is clearly fermenting a conflict between Australia and Indonesia. She probably doesn't want an actual war, as that would be too clean. She'll be seeking to generate the maximum amount of hate, anger and misery. She may even be in the government, arguing for a peaceful solution while at the same time feeding the trolls. That sounds pretty dire. I can't stay here forever, though. That's right. You are square in Megario's sights. 
If this situation doesn't resolve soon, Australia and Indonesia could end up with bad blood for generations. It could colour the Australian attitude permanently. And I think you're in the best position to bring it to an end. Me? I'll do what I can, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make that much of a difference. It's one thing to beat down a vampire thrall on a remote mine site, and another to take on a demon from hell. So, yeah, there was no pressure on me at all. This was a situation far beyond anything I ever thought I'd be in. The fate of nations and the happiness and security of millions was being put in my hands. Even if I chickened out, I'd be hunted and haunted by my guardian for the rest of my life. I really was coming from a low point, being faced with an impossible cliff of a choice. If I agreed to fight, it would have to be an all-or-nothing attempt. Full commitment. I'd have to trust in myself and my allies and friends. It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I'll continue that journal now. You have a little more insight into my thoughts at the time. What about uh, the natural enemy of demons? Like angels or faith-filled priests? uh, Paladins or something? Paladins? This isn't Dungeons and Dragons, and it certainly isn't Charlemagne's court. The Order has no standing army of the faith, And you can't count on angels for help, trust me. The Lord God helps those who help themselves. We are the agents of good, the natural enemy of demons as well as their birthplace. Right now, and right here, you have to make the decision. You seem unsure if you are up to the task. Stop thinking it over and decide, are you in, or do you want to hide here and let other less qualified people take action? Uh, whoa, okay. I'm in. Stuff it. Margadiel will just keep taking. I'm trapped here until Margadiel is defeated. Ha! This is my exit plan. You finally said it. I'm in too. I'll do anything to kill that misbegotten goat spawn. Killing Margadiel won't be so easy. But if we're lucky, we won't have to. The most common manifestation of a demon is a projection from their home plane, from hell. A projection can be exercised. We tap into the power of the possessed and essentially convince them they can fight off the demon. And they do. Okay, so we grab the possessed and exercise them like B did to the doctor. I didn't do an exorcism. Uh, What did you do? That necklace. Do you still have it? Yes, here it is. That red crystal has a part of Magadiel in it. She used to be entirely contained within it. Is it safe for me to have this? Yes. Only when she is entirely within it is she able to exert any influence. Well, I bought this to help us. It's another book. The order let you bring that here for us to read. No. I borrowed it. The order is willing to help, but only just. This safe house is as far as they're willing to go. They move too slowly. This is a once in a lifetime event and it's what I've, to use a cliche, trained my entire life 
before. I'm not going to let this just slip until something awful happens or some rando hunter mops things up. You stole the book. Stolen knowledge is always, always more interesting. Uh, what is it? What is the book about? The Most Holy and the Most Profane by Thomas Hungerford of Arden Down. You brought the most holy and the most profane here. I'd only heard rumours of his existence. This book forms the bulk of what the Order knows about the realms of the divine and profane. Oh, there are libraries full of angiology and demonology, but this book is the core. Start reading. So I've read as much as my brain can absorb, and with B and Mary, come up with a plan to exercise my guardian. We head out tomorrow. This might be the last entry for a little while, because I don't know when I'll get the chance to organise things again. Maybe in a few weeks' time, or maybe just a couple of days. Hopefully. Look, okay. We'll see. It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. Thank you for listening. This concludes the Season 2 binge episodes. Season 3 will start very soon. This is my exit plan. Book 1 of Exit Plan is now available on Amazon. If you would like to help support the production of this and future works, please consider buying a copy or recommending it to a friend. Thank you to Hem Cleveland as Beatrice, Carly Nichols as Mary, David Kinsman as Tony, Mark Regan as John. To keep up to date, follow at Gravity Undone on Twitter or Facebook and consider checking out our new podcast, My Creativity, a podcast about creativity and being productive.